Hello, this is Jim Wallace. There were some words spoken Thursday afternoon in Washington, D.C. that have now been heard around the world. They came from the Oval Office. They were the words of President Donald Trump. It was a discussion about immigration and changes in immigration policy with several senators and members of Congress. And in that conversation, Donald Trump named the countries of Africa, El Salvador and Haiti, as shithole countries. That's what he said, and many of the commentators are deciding whether or not to say the word, words we wouldn't want our children to say. But let me just say it one more time, and that's all. Shithole countries, immigrants from Africa, Haiti, and El Salvador. Senator Dick Durbin was in the room, and he said that the president repeated these words over and over, and he called them perhaps the most vile, hateful words ever spoken in the Oval Office. We're, of course, not sure about that, but we do know the White House has not denied that President Trump used those words in relationship to so many immigrants in this country, one of whom just drove me over to this recording. The media debate now is what do these words say about Donald Trump? But I think we already know that. Donald Trump has been using hateful words of racial bigotry for a long time in his campaign and sadly in his presidency. These words are, are painfully consistent with many of his other words, perhaps a bit more direct and vulgar and brutal and vile, but painfully morally consistent with Donald Trump's view of the world. And who are the children of God and who are not? But I want to say the deeper question is not so much what this says about him. We already know that. I want to say what these words, this moment, this, this time when the whole world will focus on those words, what does it say about us? What will be our response to these words, to this moment? These words are clearly anti-Christian, and they're anti-American in the best sense of who we say we are and want to believe we are or can be. But what is our response to these words? What kind of action will we take in response to these words that have a very specific and direct and ugly view of the kind of country Donald Trump wants us to be? We are about to celebrate the birthday of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And often Monday's celebrations are a commemoration of Dr. King, a commemoration of his leadership, uh, his vision, um, the kind of moral authority that he had. But I want to suggest we have to move from commemoration to commitment, from commemoration to commitment. I'll be doing a MLK keynote address in Grand Rapids, Michigan on Monday, one of the whitest cities in America, sponsored by a mostly white denomination and a mostly white college in Grand Rapids, which I think is encouraging. They want to talk about Dr. King and his vision for the world. So I'll say to them, let's not just commemorate this moment and this leader, this national hero, this perhaps uh, the most powerful moral leader in our nation's history. Let's talk about our commitment to the kind of world he laid out for us, he, he envisioned for us, he wanted us to have. What are we going to do? 
this is one of those moments that you can't hide from. You can't walk away. You can't say you didn't hear the words. Everyone has heard the words. Every Republican has to respond, has to say something. Every Democrat has to respond. I think American white Christians in particular have to respond, have to speak up, have to say what they think of these words that were just spoken but are painfully, painfully familiar now from the White House. So what are we going to say and do is the question. But I've got some good news to report at the end of this commentary. It was about a meeting, a gathering in a a black church in Washington, D.C., just the night before these words from Donald Trump. Diverse clergy were in the room. They were African-American and Latino, and they were evangelical, and they were Catholic, and they were mainline Protestant, and they were they were they were young and they were old, and this group of 50 leaders talked about this. We talked about our unity. The world sees our divisions, how we fight on so many things, and we asked, what are we unified on? Where could we show our unity right now? And the two things we said, we lifted up, we committed ourselves to, were our unity against racism and poverty. Because these issues, racism and poverty, are not for us partisan issues, political issues. They're theological issues. They're biblical issues. They're they're consequences of how we follow Jesus if we say we are followers of him. Our scriptures talk about how God created us in God's image and likeness. No exceptions. To throw that away is to throw away the whole idea of Imago Dei, the image of God. In Corinthians, it says, when one part of the body of Christ suffers, the rest are supposed to feel the pain. What are the feelings around the country after those words of the president in the black body of Christ, in the immigrant body of Christ, from El Salvador, from Africa, every country in Africa? Do they feel a part of this country? Or do they feel like the president of the United States doesn't want people like them? just simply doesn't want them and doesn't want their children. So when there are 2,000 verses in the Bible about the poor, about God's concern for the poor, when when that subject goes right through the whole of Scripture, Old Testament and New, then poverty too, like racism, is a sin against God. And here are these Christians who are not united on lots of things, and yet the night before, Donald Trump's words— We express to each other our unity around our commitment to fight, to battle, to end racism and poverty in this nation. So Donald Trump may be bringing us together. What if Christians across all the boundaries politically and and people of faith, other faith traditions, and people of no faith at all were brought together by these words of Donald Trump? What was so revealing at the end of Donald Trump's remarks about people from the S-hole nations of Africa and Haiti and El Salvador was when he said, why can't we have more people from places like Norway? He, he couldn't have been more clear what he means by that. We don't want people of color from Africa, Haiti, and El Salvador. We want white people like 
those in Norway. I've been to Norway. I like Norway. The people of Norway that I know, yes, they're mostly white, and they would be just offended by Donald Trump's words. And so should we. So Donald Trump has made very clear what kind of nation he wants us to be, who he wants left out, and who he wants to be here. And if you just want to accept that or be close to power, as many Republicans seem to want to be, you don't say anything. You don't do anything and just let it slide again. Let one more thing that he said slide. Or you say, no, that's not the nation that I believe in as a person of faith or just as an American. That's not the kind of nation I want us to be. And so are we going to unite and resist that kind of nation? Resist the words of Donald Trump. Take his words as a calling, as a commission that will bring us together across racial lines because we're going to be a different kind of nation that includes all of God's children and as our own constitutional words say, with liberty and justice for all. God bless you. I'm Jim Wallace.